Hi, and welcome to a brand new episode of Foster and Joan. Wow, have been here in a hot ass minute. I am, of course, uh, the the number one, the number three draft pick in the 1984 draft, uh, T.L. Foster, and I am joined by. Mike, you're pointing to someone. You're, you're pointing like to, to. You're just pointing Mike. to like you're your laptop, screen, bro. <laughs> I'm pointing to the screen. Yes, but wait, Mike. Speak. Mike, I Mike. Go Hello. ahead. Hello, I, it is I, Mike Jones. It's been a while. Uh, of course, this is, you're not. You're not getting any kind of the rapport that we got. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um. That's, so, why I'm, that's, that's why I'm here to talk about how I, I broke my dick three times in, in, the, in the points of my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who are you, guy who broke his dick three times? Um, not Dennis Rodman. Um, it's Robert. Uh, Robert from uh, the PMB network, our our <laughs> host network. Uh, the, the yeah yeah the the uh, parent podcast you would say of of the yeah. show. <laughs> it's really the Cherry Cross. Me. It's the Jerry Cross of podcasts. Uh, Ugh, gross. Uh, so we are all here because we, like the internet, like everyone, have been enraptured and talked nonstop about the Jordan Rules, the documentary uh, that was talking about the not Jordan Rules. I'm sorry, Jordan Rules is a book we read that me and Mike read. But the last dance, the documentary on the nineteen ninety eight Bulls ride. I think you're setting up some sort of sort of like Jordan Peterson, like twelve 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 rules to live by, or some type of shit. Jordan Peterson wishes <laughs> he could fucking write a book like uh, Steve Smith's uh, or Stan Smith's The Jordan Rules, talking about the first title. But it becomes in because like they all kind of interlap and interlope. But um. Mike, I, I guess, like, and Robert, you, you come along the journey, too. Over the last five weeks, I think we've learned more about Michael Jordan than anybody has really realized, uh, just with this documentary. And then we're also reading a book about Jordan winning his first title. Yeah, um, but even then, I still don't feel like, well, Jordan Rules has been a little bit more uh, forthcoming with Jordan, um, despite the fact that, Jordan's not actually speaking to us like he is in the Last Dance. Last Dance is very um, withholding because it's only what Jordan wants us to see. But even then, I still feel like I learned more about Mike than I ever had known before. Uh, and what I know is that he is an insane, <laughs> hilariously vindictive psycho, whom I I wish I had like maybe five percent of mentally. But that's it. That's all I want. Just a little bit. It's like five percent. Is any more than that, and I'm a, and and nobody's gonna be, ever want to be friends with me. That, that that man has like like the most like horse on like blinders, 
type link mentality. Like he is, he operates on spite, even if he has to, he has to create it for himself. Yeah, that was some of the like. I I always knew like you never you never want to talk on Superman's cape, right? You don't talk shit to Michael Jordan. But then what we learned out in this thing is like even if you didn't talk shit, he would make shit up. Like poor LeBradford Smith, a guy who didn't say anything to Jordan, had his only really good game in the in the NBA, and Jordan took that as an affront, and then went the next night, scored fifty, and stopped the and like had to make a two point. And like he didn't have to make anything up in order, right. like he could have just been like, "Wow, well, I can't believe this nobody just dropped thirty seven on me. I need to go out and and like be better." But that that's not what a rational that, that's what a rational person would do he's not rational as we could tell he mm-hmm. his viewpoint is i feel like we still didn't get enough out of this man i feel like i'm oh, still yeah. lusting for more because he, he still kept you at arm's length which i may i guess makes sense because that's that's who he is like we we learn we have to kind of infer who he is we don't really know specifically so uh I kind of want to go point by point because uh, there, there's so many central figures to it, and we can't even. So I think with the documentary is like it, 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 it focuses so much on Jordan, but this is supposed to be a documentary on the whole Chicago Bulls. And I think it is imperative that we kind of take it point by point and look at the Bulls structure because everybody's been saying, and I've, I've heard this on a lot of sports media, like has this changed what you thought about Jordan? To me, no. Like I, I still hold my same like notions about Jordan as I, I did originally. But where I've now become more cognizant of is one, I now dislike Scottie Pippen more than anybody. Like all the shit people give about LeBron about quitting on teams and doing all this stuff. Like Scottie Pippen was doing this stuff and we just let this dude skate. We let him skate. Like, don't get me wrong, he didn't make a lot of money. But I'm on the Bomani Jones camp. Like, dude, that that was the contract you signed. Everyone told you not to sign that long. So I can't get you on that. But this is a dude who quit on his team. In a playoff who, game. In a playoff game. And then quit on other teams. Like, um, this wasn't brought up on the dock, but I, I watched a uh, – uh, Nation does these great uh, uh, rivalry series, and it was on him and Charles Barkley. And he did it again in Houston. Like, Scottie Pippen, like, he has devalued it with me. But, like, there's just so many things with the with the, the Bulls organization overall that I look at now, I'm like, I'm surprised they got six just with, like, things going around. Uh, so I'm going to ask, uh, Michael, I'm ask you first, what is something that you took away from this doc before we go more in depth uh, that you didn't know before or that kind of just really intrigued? Um, well, what intrigued me was the extent of Jordan's uh... – need to manufacture slights like i had heard this that athletes kind of do this Shaq did it for instance but jordan took it to another level the thing i had learned that i wasn't um really privy to was just how was that pippen was really the only player that jordan actually viewed as somewhat of an equal and he just anywhere close everybody else was just interchangeable to him except for pippen oh yeah but you definitely got that vibe where, where, like, he always looked at Pippen and also Rodman or Horace Grant. There was always like, like two people on the team that that won the championships. That's like, okay, I can point to two people and fuck everyone else. Horace turned out to be wildly underrated. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially like I, they did a lot of stuff with Horace when he was in Chicago. Like this is a guy who continuously was great. Like. If Horace Grant was playing in the NBA now, we would talk to him like he would be like, "Oh, this is what who Dwight should be like," or Draymond Green, right? Like, like I think Horace Grant is demonstratively, after going back and watching these series, a better power forward than like a Draymond Green uh, def- or somebody like that. He maybe because Draymond's passing, uh, I think, sets him uh, different from those guys. To me, Horace is like a. Um... Amari Stoudemire before Amari, but way better defensively. Yes. He's like, yeah. or like right. Rodman, but not a head case. Right. But the reason why I say he's a better Draymond is because it's his size, right? Like Draymond's biggest thing is like Draymond has the size and body of like a small Ford, right? Yeah. So 
So like that's where I think Horace. But like, but what I'm what I'm saying is like Horace is a guy we should be celebrating, mm-hmm. and we kind of just like pushed he, he, him off. He yeah, was an all star. Cool that's it. He was an all star in that right. ninety three ninety four season. One of three all stars. Him, Scotty, and BJ in that first post Jordan uh, season. And four time all defense. He he was awesome. Yeah, BJ Armstrong, another guy that I don't think we. We give flowers enough for, but BJ Armstrong was really good, man. Yeah, it's a shame Jordan uh, would try to stop Horace from eating. That was rude. <laughs> yes, <laughs> reportedly, allegedly, of course. Allegedly, dog. Man. Uh, all right, so let's start. Uh, oh, wait, Robert, did you get anything else that you um, uh, saw from this documentary? Oh that gosh, you maybe didn't know. A couple things like it really showed the humanity of of Jordan in in kind of like demystified his his godlike presence because in the season when he went and did the baseball thing for a year, um, the Bulls were still pretty good. Like you had a real strong strong team. It wasn't just him, and it really solidified how Pippen was like, the glue to that team, for the most part. Because mm-hmm. he went into that 98 season, and it, it really showed that Pippen being gone, like, it, w- it was a large gap in their team. And um, the other thing, too, it, it was just, like, I, I want to make the c- comparisons to, to Tom Brady, where it, where it just feels like Jordan put in all, his, all of his RPG stats into, <laughs> into like, being, being the best, like, athlete and basketball player ever. And everything else, it's like shit. Who yeah. cares? Like, I want to be the greatest ever. Like, I, I I can't talk. I can be charming, but I'm gonna sound dumb as shit. And I, like, my mo- one motivation in life is just winning, winning anything. Right. Well, and that's the thing. It's like I don't know if that was his sole motivation, but I I think what was really interesting to me that I've always heard, and, and now that I've gone and done research on like the video game side is how calculated Jordan was and the Jordan brand, right? Um, and this kind of dovetails right to our first, right to the first episode. So the first episode, we're hearing about the Jordan rules and we're hearing about a little bit of a, a, a tip between uh, Phil Jackson and Jerry Krause. Well, we're going to get there in a second. But it kind of really goes into like Jordan's first years in the league, right? And Jordan going into college and you kind of see like, so it, and I had known about this. I'm not, I'm really interested. Like, had you guys heard about Jordan's rookie year at New at uh, North Carolina when he made his first big the shot? Uh, no, not before this. I didn't really know much about his college uh, years. Oh no, it was really just like what was presented from from the documentary, right? So we have to realize when Jordan went to North Carolina, he eventually became a starter, but that team. Also had James Worthy, who James Worthy has uh, for people who've, who've watched basketball, like he was one of the linchpins in the old Showtime Lakers. Like James Worthy is not a scrub, right? Um, but like that was the first time there was that myth, myth like mythos, the the mythalized, the like the building the history, the the mythology that is Michael Jordan, right? Yeah, was in there. Um, and like uh, there's always been players like this, like Mario Chalmers. Carmelo Anthony, like guys who make like great shots in, in college, were like, "Yo, what are they going to do when they get there?" But Jordan was like, Jordan was a good, you know, he was a good and great uh, a college player. He reminds me a lot like how John Morant was last year when John Morant was at um, was at Murray Street, was at Murray State, yeah, Murray like, State, yeah. You just knew like, oh, this guy is really good, right? Um, so Jordan come out as third, like. Everybody's going to tell you that the uh, the the uh, the Trailblazers did the wrong thing, but they had Clyde Drexler. They already had a wing player, and Sam Bowie. Like Sam Bowie was definitely going to be the guy, you know. Uh, Sam Chicago. Sorry, Sam but, was good until injuries. Right, and that's the folly of big man, right? It's the yeah. it's the thing with uh with KD and Greg Oden. Yeah, like. I don't give it. I don't care what no one said. I watched Greg Oden when he played in college. Greg Oden, if his knees wouldn't have betrayed him, would have been the guy. Yeah, hit. those Ohio State teams, he was so good. And the, the that triumvirate of him, Brandon Roy, and Lamarcus Aldridge—they were fifty and twelve in the sixty-two games they played together. If they were all healthy, 
Dude. It'd have been something else. Yeah, if if Brandon Roy's body didn't just betray him, and then, like you said, Odin's <laughs> body, like that that would have been a dynasty. Real quick, they Odin, a dynasty of Roy, Bowie, man, the Blazers got some bad injury <laughs> over the decades. Well, Damn. Even even Bill Walton. Remember, Bill Walton went to he went to he went to Boston. I thought they got injured when he was in Portland. Yeah, don't get drafted by Portland. And and Sabon, <laughs> Arvita Sabonis, like his body was already dead by the time he went to Portland. Right. Don't get drafted by, by Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the first episode is basically, uh, it, I don't know if this is a good thing or not. It is a basically a big F you to Jerry Krause. <laughs> um, uh, Jerry Krause has not come off good throughout this whole documentary, which I agree with a lot of people I think is backwards because uh, Jerry Reinsdorf is right there. And he could have fixed this at any time. He is the owner. He is the <laughs> boss of the GM. <laughs> like he he brought he brought Phil back the year later. When Cross was like, I don't care. He could have just been like, No, either you are okay with this Jerry Cross or you're gone. That's what's so weird to me. Yeah, Jerry Reinsdorf just gets off scot free. There's so much that should be laid at his yeah. feet, though. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like I said, the first episode really goes into that. Um, I think you kind of see a little bit of Jordan, but I again, I think it's kind of building that mythology of Michael Jordan mm-hmm. in this first episode. The only thing I didn't like about it was, like, Jerry Krause does suck. Don't get me wrong. But Jordan and Pippen are assholes to Jerry Krause the whole time. And I don't know how I feel about that. It's, it's it, all, like, everyone's an asshole here kind of, kind of situation. Like, one of them is feeling the other. Like, Krause is getting a lot more spiteful in those last couple of seasons because of Jordan and Pippen. And it's like, like, you know what? Screw you guys. Screw you. Screw Jackson. Like, I don't want any of you coming back next next season. You 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 all have peaked. You might peak again this year, but after that, you're 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 gone. Like, was he right? Probably. But was he a dick about it? Yes. So were they a dick about it? Yes. I I yeah. You're right. Everybody was just an asshole, especially honestly, Jordan. And uh, Jordan Scotty, Scotty just berating Krause on the bus in that what first episode, right? He was doing it, just calling him a fat ass, get out of the way, or something like that. Yeah, um, it, it's really bad. I think because there's a bunch of things here. Like Krause really wanted his his roses. He won more credit than he was getting. Um, somebody right. in that episode talked about him how he has like the little the little problems, little guy, he's little man syndrome. These, yeah, all these gigantic athletes. He wants. The credit, some of the credit for building this team, and he honestly he should deserve some trading up for Scotty, drafting Horace Grant. He had an incredible draft that year. You know, mm-hmm. they, you know I think it was a what eighty eight when he got those two guys in the eighties, and then getting Rodman too, and uh, Tony Kukoc. Yeah, he he was right. By the way, another dude who doesn't get enough proffers in this is Kukoc, but he swung right. some trades and he made he kept this thing going. He made great decisions. He did. He was also a dick, and he couldn't get out of his own way. Um, he could have kept that team together, honestly. Jordan, I think, would have still been fine. I don't know if they would have been t- but we'll get to that later. Um, I do want to say about Reinsdorf real quick. As you guys said, Reinsdorf could have just put a kibosh on this whole thing and just said, no, they're coming back until we don't win. Yeah, he, 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 he just wanted to stay out of it. He, he wanted the GM to be the bad guy here. And he, Reinsdorf is li- has liked this still with his Bulls. Like he, the Bulls uh, have always been his stepchild. Consider, compared to the White Sox. He cares way more about the White Sox, but even above that, he cares about his money, so he's not breaking the salary cap for nobody. <laughs> yeah, I... I, I uh, there, there's, there's a lot of choice words Ryan Dorf kind of, like, brought up that just, like, kind of indicated that, like, well, he, he really wants to be the centrist in this, in this <laughs> agreement, where it's just like, I'm totally okay with, like, uh... You you taking a bad salary, Pippin, but you know, like you can do better. But like, if that's what you want, go right ahead. Of course, yeah. And Scotty, who had been underpaid like his entire career. Well, the the problem is, like you said, he just is like, well, we could have kept everybody, but they didn't want to take the pay cuts. Like he, like you said, he he very notoriously doesn't want to do anything like this. And the the thing is, like, I can't give Cross too much because even when we look on the team. After they left, Krauss built great teams. They just players got hurt. Jay Jay yeah. Williams, uh, who is great on first uh, on on Get Up, uh, and was my favorite. He's the only reason why I was a Duke fan. 
was because of the Jay Williams. Like I, I grew up with the Jay Williams era. Jay Williams would have been so good, but he got to that that motorcycle accident, right? Like so, Jerry Krause had a team of Eddie Curry, Jay Williams, and then people forget he took that Eddie Curry pick and then made that Tyson Chandler. Like he continuously did great things, you know, on those teams. He just he Jerry Krause treated the Bulls treated like his sport like a video game. Like, it, it, where they have no personality, it doesn't matter who you trade or you get in. It's just like, how do I get the best player for? How do I min my, max my way to a championship? Basically, Basically, yeah. And then he entered a cheat code, and it's just like, oh, fuck, I have Jordan now. And yeah. everything just comes together around Jordan. Well, that's the fun thing about uh, uh, going with, uh, what's called, with the, uh, that's the fun thing about going in, like, and having Jordan as the, you know, as the guy. Because, like, all I gotta do is build a team around Jordan. Okay, I'll just build the team around Jordan. Like, I again, it's not diminishing what he did. Not everyone can do this, right? Right. We've seen, we've seen GMs fail to build teams around LeBron. Uh, but, you know, it, it was kind of easier. Speaking of which, so I don't, I, I hate this has become the Jordan versus LeBron thing. I blame the Skip Bayless of the world for that, right? <laughs> um, but... Did you hear what LeBron said yesterday about the documentary? No, no. So LeBron is, LeBron has been talking about not what it would be like to play against Jordan, but LeBron's like, oh, I wish I would have played for Jordan, like played with Jordan. And, and when I was listening to Brian Winhurst today on Get Up, he was talking about, he's like, LeBron has always stated that he wanted to be the Scottie Pippen. And, to me, it completely changed my idea of the whole LeBron Jordan thing because absolutely LeBron would have wanted to play with Jordan. Yeah. Like and and don't get don't get it twisted. There is probably no player in the world Michael Jordan would have wanted to play more with than LeBron. Someone who is as talented as he is, as driven as he is, and will give him the ball. Yep. Like that that is that sounds like that would be Michael Jordan's dream. Would be play would be playing with a more athletic Magic. Michael Jordan would have died to play with LeBron. A more athletic Magic, a more skilled Pippen. Yeah, basically, uh, and that does kind of make sense because LeBron has never struck me as the kind of singularly psychotically driven <laughs> person. Like he's driven, of course, to be the best, but he's like he's a facilitator first. He's more Pippen than right. Jordan. One hundred percent. He's just far more. He's just far more talented. So, yeah, that tracks, but, of course, I'm sure people will use that as a slight against him. Oh, of course. Again, this is the Skip Bayless model. Yeah. Oh, here's another killer instinct of, of Michael Jordan. Like, well, we watched this documentary. Nobody yeah. has that killer instinct. Even, my, even Jordan, Literally he going. lied about it. He lied about it sometimes. Yeah. Uh, uh. But yeah. that was the first episode. Um, second episode, we go a little bit too more into uh, because, Pippin's backstory. Yeah. And then the so the big thing was Jordan getting injured and playing at North Carolina, <laughs> which was wild to me, right? Like here's a guy. So like and then again because everything is referendum on this era, right? And I I get frustrated when I hear people talk about like, oh well Jordan wasn't load managing, he was playing. It's like yeah he was playing. It was a different era. And then also players would burn out a lot quicker. Like, we see as we go further on here, Jordan was burned out. Like, maybe it would have been best for them to be like, you just shut it down, and you take some time yeah. to he, yourself. He retired at 27, cause, partially because he was so burnt out. There are other factors that we'll get to, but he was burnt right. out. And a lot of dudes in this time, they, just, they hit 30, out. Right. I mean, so, uh, so Jordan, but he goes, he starts playing at, at UNC, and then he comes into, you know, he ends up coming back and then playing, you know, playing limited minutes. Uh, and then he has, like, that monster game against the Boston Celtics, which gets his coach fired. Uh, this <laughs> is before Doug Collins. It's the coach before Doug Collins. But he gets fired for not keeping Jordan onto his, you know, quote-unquote pitch count. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, this, I think we're now, like, when he has that great, that big game against the Celtics, which is weird because you guys weren't even born yet. I think I was like two, maybe like that. That was like what eighty? That was eighty-seven. That was one. I was one during that that big Celtic series. So 
So it was, like, a, it was his was, second season, right? Where he got injured? Yeah. This was yeah. probably 83rd? 86. Because oh. he got injured okay. in his second season. Mm. Right. The 86, 87 season. So yeah, I would have been, I would have been, I would no, I would have been one going in two during that playoff. Yeah, it was the 85, 86 season. Yeah. Oh no, I was I was born right after that series. Right after. So yeah, we we all we all were not born. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um so Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but I, no no, I I think that like that was that I think to me like that was where you could kind of see oh, here here's where this is flipped off. It like flipped out. It's like here's a guy who was like trying to do his best to will this team and like at that time that was a team full of just like bums, right? It was like him, a young Scotty Pippen, uh, Charles Oakley, who was never a bum, and I, <laughs> you will never get me on record saying bum. Uh, but a lot of old people other than that, other than Charles Oakley, who was great. Not even uh, Scotty. Scotty wasn't there yet. Scotty wasn't there until 87, 88. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, I know I don't, you don't like this, but, like, I hate to bring up LeBron again, but just, like, it just reminded me of the early LeBron, like, Cavaliers era. Where it's just like, who did he ha- have as number two, number three? Like, wh- where is his team? It's just him. Right. It's just him, like, willing the his team into the playoffs and losing. Yeah, and the difference between, like, Jordan and Braun and how they got their teams is Jordan's superstars got drafted to his team, whereas Braun had to go and find others because his team... Cause, he had to leave. Yeah, because his, yeah. his, his organization was so incompetent, and they remained incompetent. Um, yeah, right. Uh, the most inept organization of all time, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, <laughs> well, sports team, sports city, I should say. Yeah, yeah. That, Indians, that Browns, yeah, Cavaliers. These. Um, this is also the beginning of his legendary feud with Jerry Krause, because Krause is the one issuing the order, right? Not to, or, not right. to, not to play him. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, again, like I said, it makes sense. Like in Krause's mind, it all makes sense, right? Like it's just like. Hey, I have to play. I have to play him like, like a baseball player, right? Put him on a pitch count, but you can't, like, you can't pitch count Michael Jordan. You know, it's, it's just it's unbelievable to do so. I wonder if uh, Krause had just been like approached differently, or if he just wasn't Jerry Krause. Maybe Jordan, Jordan would have been okay with it, but who knows? I don't think. I don't think it would have been a difference uh, with Jordan. Like, I think that would have been fine. Uh, but I think it was, like I said, I do think it was just Kraus being an asshole, which also, you know, didn't help out. He had the skilled tactician mind on, and it's buddy against his, his superstar, who, who wants to play all the time. It's just like, oh, there's a 10%, but like, no one's looking at the 90% chance of it being fine. I'll be right. fine. It's a 9-10 shot. Like it's a bad it's a bad move if you're you're trying to retain your long term investment, right? Yeah, it like I said, it's a it's definitely it was definitely a, a really just a, a weird one. Um, mm-hmm. but that was the first two episodes. First two episodes, I thought they were fine. It was kind of cool looking at those back ones, but like ESPN had did a lot of really good like '80s basketball documentaries. I think the Lakers won. Like if we're just talking about like the '80s one, right? We're talking about those first two episodes. I thought the 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 Showtime Lakers versus the Celtics one were more interesting. I think the Bad Boys uh, documentary is probably like the perfect like doing the '80s documentary thing. So I I was just like I was like oh okay, this is fun, and I always love Thirty for Thirty. So this is great. Then we get to episode three. <laughs> My man. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, uh, Mike, me and you, we've we've watched a lot of basketball. You ever heard about a player taking a <laughs> a vacation halfway through the season? Not to go to Vegas. Uh, you ever heard of Michael, of LeBron James having to go and, and go to Metal World Peace or Kobe going to Metal World Peace's uh hotel room to go wake him up? No, nope. to get him to practice. No, nope. while his supermodel girlfriend hides behind a couch <laughs> oh naked. My God. Under the covers. <laughs> Look, I don't know. I I have I have no idea what my feelings are. We don't even need to talk Dennis about Rodman. it, honestly, because according to Bill Simmons, Dennis Rodman isn't actually that interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what, I don't know what my feelings are with Dennis Rodman. I think so. I do think Dennis Rodman is legitimately 
a basketball, like one of the great basketball stories. Here's a guy mm-hmm. who was an equipment manager on like a D2 team who was a second round draft pick who became one of the best like rebounding power forwards with just want to. Dennis Rodman would have never made it to the NBA without his defense and rebounds. Because he's not a scorer, right? Like, uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, has the famous phrase, board man gets paid. Mm-hmm. But Dennis Rodman was 1 million percent the board man. Like, he he just, like, go to the ball. And it was just, like, his hustle. And, like, uh, again, I love this. And I love the – I'm not a huge fan of the, the, the Rodman doc, but the bad boy doc where it shows, like, hey, here's this kid who was, like, a janitor who was like, I'm going to work my ass off and would just do whatever on the court. And we got to see a little bit of that with him at the Bulls and then with him at the at the Pistons. And can we just talk about how deep those Pistons teams were? You know, because you had, you had, you know, Isaiah Thomas, probably the greatest point guard, uh, Joe Dumars, uh, Adrian Dantley, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bill Lambeer, uh, uh, the other the other power forward, I can't think of his name right now. Um, uh, yeah, Dennis Rodman and John Sally coming off the bench, like that team was so just deep. It was it was ridiculous. Uh, you also had Mark Aguirre coming off the bench, like, and real quick, Dantley is a dude who I recently like. I in my various basketball reference dives, um, I had noticed Adrian Dantley had an incredible run in like the mid eighties, like a seven year run where he was just dropping 28 a game for like five, six years. Adrian Dantley was so cold. Like Adrian Dantley was so good. It, it doesn't get his, cause like he was good in the era of like magic and bird and Jordan and Isaiah. Like, so you, you don't see these players like but Adrian Dantley was just so damn good. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah. Two time scoring champ. He averaged. <laughs> Uh, 29.6 game from 1979-1986. And he's yeah. just completely forgotten as, a, as one of the great scorers. Um, How many yeah. championships did the Pistons win? Two. In that area? They, the, they won two? two. They won, yeah, everybody, everybody won two, really. Uh, yeah, they won two. They went to three consecutive, but they got beat by the Lakers in that first year. Um, that was the right. year that Isaiah like sprained his ankle in like game six of the finals. Yeah. Um, but back to Rodman. Yeah. I still feel like I I have like a sketch of this dude. I want to see or or know how he went from this shy introverted dude who was just a role player on a team who was very intense to the worm. Like there's this well, gap. He very much seems like a like a sponge. He he just soaks in like all like this culture and influence around him. Well, should explain cuz he was on the bad boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What what's yeah. wild is he doesn't become the worm until San Antonio, which we don't think about because like San Antonio is like Greg Popovich and it's might as well be a, a military organization. Some big old but San, that's where he Some big old San Antonio women. Yeah, that's when he became <laughs> the worm. I can't believe he did that. He just pissed off to Vegas for a couple of days and then he came back and he was fine. And throughout the documentary he kinda of defends himself like, Yeah, I can do what I want, um, because I'm still gonna give everything on the court and he was right, yeah, he, kind of. He got away with it. That was just like Phil Jackson's like like hippie mentality, practically, where it's just like, you know, we're winning. That's that's fine. Yeah, Phil, just, just be there, I guess. Phil was the only dude who could coach those teams because he had just the right amount of like disciplinarian and as well yeah. as eh, fucking. Sometimes you gotta let people be who they are. Yeah, which is perfect, right? Like you want to have a coach like that, like especially when you have a Michael Jordan on that team. You definitely need to have a coach who's just where you have like ego clashing with ego. Yeah, you have to have a coach that's like, yeah, I get it. Like, okay, like you couldn't have like again. I love Pop. Pop's one of my favorite coaches of all time. You couldn't have a Pop on that. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. That wouldn't work. Pop Pop and Jordan would have would have fought each other. Well, actually, maybe because Jordan claimed to like respect the coach I know. I feel like it probably would have been rocky at first because even him and Phil were rocky at first, and then. Jordan, like, late, late in that 1991 season, um, kind of into the playoffs, Jordan started getting it, and they started using the triangle more, and they won, and Jordan got right. it. It snapped. Maybe it would have happened with Pop. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, but yeah, so we have, like I said, we have this whole thing now where we have Jordan, uh, so Jordan, like, Jordan, uh, he goes through, you know, he's, he's getting his ass kicked by the, by the Pistons, and their whole goal, and I respect it, is, um, just take, like, just, like, everyone, just don't guard anyone else, we'll just go for Michael Jordan, and it works, because, like, oh, yeah, what else can you do, right? Their entire offense was was Jordan left, Jordan right. If you stop him, you stop the Bulls. Right, and which is why which is why Doug Collins couldn't keep that job. Mm-mm. Like I, I get it, and I love Doug Collins too, but that's why he couldn't keep that job. <laughs> yeah, he was too enamored with Mike. Yeah, the man who could couldn't keep a shirt dry. <laughs> oh man, Jesus! Fuck. Oh. <laughs> uh... Uh, but then we go into the next episode where, uh, I like to call this the, the first time Jordan was being a petty asshole of Jordan does not like the, uh, does not like the Pistons at all. Uh, in the States. Yeah. Why? Is there anyone specific on that team that he hates? Maybe a little Uh, diminutive point guard. Uh, I would say, uh, wait, what was his words? Uh, he is the best point guard. He is the second magic. Be- yeah, next to yeah. magic. There you go. Uh, but then uh, I I hate him so much, <laughs> which is always so weird to me because it doesn't seem like he should hate him. Well, because uh, he still believes that Isaiah and Magic conspired to freeze him out, but he made up with Magic because Magic, as told in the last dance, or not in the last dance, but in the Jordan rules. I'm gonna keep mixing those up. Magic <laughs> basically talked to him and said, "Hey." We can benefit each other. We have like our personalities, our brands. We can benefit each other. Let's put this stuff aside and move forward. And then by the Olympics, they're broing out. Uh, but not 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 Isaiah. He still hates Isaiah. And he yeah. wasn't invited to the Olympics on the yeah. on the dream team. And that was, you know, intentional. Yeah. I would imagine that's like we want Jordan. And I'm sorry. And if it's the one caveat of like including Isaiah, the um, oh, I don't know. The the bad boy of the league to represent your team and create strife, and that's a good point, Robert. And I'm sorry if this bleeds into our episode five combo if we're jump, if I'm putting the cart in front of the horse. But as Jordan put it, and what seemed to be backed up at least by the doc, Magic had beef with him. Um, Scotty had beef with him. It wasn't just Mike who didn't like Isaiah. Apparently, he exactly. was he was not well liked around the whole league. Yeah, he he was the ringleader of the bad boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so and that also goes into a lot of stuff to deal with, you know, with how Isaiah tra- uh, treated uh, treated Magic, and everyone loves Magic, so like that kind of like goes like it goes into both ways, right? Oh yeah, you, you can't hate Magic. You you look at his face and this is like I can't be mad at you at all. Aww. Yeah, Magic's uh like shockingly, maybe not shockingly, but like scarily charming. It's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you are you a serial killer or what? Charm the pants off anyone? Yeah, him and Isaiah, uh, honestly. Uh, but this, and I'm gonna put this in our chat so I can send it to you later, Robert. We could do a countdown. Uh, this gives me the this gives us the first MJ iPad moment. I would accept. Several hours of Mike just watch of those iPad segments of Mike watching stuff on just an iPad reacting. about yeah and just reacting. He'd have thrown that iPod that iPad straight at the director eventually out of frustration. He'd be like, "Shut me, <laughs> fuck all these people." Yeah. Uh. Oh, okay, I did find it. Hold on. Sending it to you guys in the chat. Um. Bill Simmons theorized that. Isaiah's Isaiah kind of got froze out of all NBA because you look at him, you look at his stats. Twelve time All Star, only five time All, all NBA, which is kind of shocking. Oh, you you could definitely tell he got he got uh he got froze out. Like he he was too good not to go in. Yeah. Um, all right. So because like he said, uh, sorry, uh, he said uh, uh, he had that thing about Larry Bird. Um, which by the way, Larry was like wh- held a press conference with Isaiah and said, "This is nothing. You guys should kind of forget about this." <laughs> good on yeah. him and. I, 
he theorizes that that's why he's not all NBA because you you look at his stats, they kind of hold up until the nineties. Right. All right. So I sent you guys a clip. Uh, I'm gonna do a little quick countdown so we could all watch it together. Talking about the walk off. Well, I know it's all bullshit. <laughs> Already. Whatever he says now, you know it wasn't his true actions then. You know, it's time enough to think about it. Or the reaction of the public that's kind of changed his perspective of it. You can show me anything you want. There's no way you can convince me he wasn't an asshole. <laughs> like, already. Like, he doesn't even see it. He's just like, fuck you. Like, I, I don't need this. I already know he's a fucking piece of shit. Like, Jordan is, like, again, I agree with you, Mike. Just give me these iPad segments all day. Uh, I'll just take it of Jordan doing that. But, like, he just, he doesn't, what's caught? He doesn't forgive, ever. He lives his life on grudges. Yeah, he, yeah. he, he, he can be very careful with his reactions, too. Because you can tell, like, like he, he wants to say more, which is like, I, I already said bullshit. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it back, but I'm still going to say, like, nah, he's not true. He's being li- he's lying. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so wild. Uh, but that was the big takeaway, and that's when I was like, oh, this is what this documentary was. It's literally just Jordan being an asshole. You know, and again, rightfully so, right? But, like, him taking these things and, like, oh, and I think that's what was really interesting to me as I started going forward. It's like, we're not just living this, and we're not just humanizing Michael Jordan. We're Seeing someone who probably never thought about these things or thought about them way too much, honestly, and having him break it down. And I think that is the appeal. And that's when I was like, oh, no, this is actually really good. And this is something that I didn't know that I wanted. And he's still trying to justify it, it seems like. Like, he gets very, uh, like, every time somebody brings up one of these things, like, when his accusations of him being, like, just too having too many grudges or something like that. He just, he had, it's like, he's got this um, defense in his head that he's been practicing for years and years and years that he's still ready to bust out instead of just, I don't know, accepting it. Right. Uh, But that was the, that was the third or fourth episode. Like I said, it was a little, a little mini Pistons break. And then, you know, we see them go by. Oh, in the walk off. The walk off, which, which, or which was that response. What spurred yeah. this. Yeah. That's why yeah. he hates him. Or the biggest reason. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea that they walked off. I'm sorry. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get what's being upset about it, really. I do, honestly. I'm with Michael, and Horace, Horace Grant had to put it so great. He just called them straight-up bitches for walking <laughs> off. Um, I think you beat them twice in a row. You gotta take the L. I mean, they argued that. The Celtics walked off earlier, but not entirely. They kind of walked off. Yeah, and, but Larry still... Bill Simmons... Well, no, Bill Simmons brought it up. It's like, that was at Detroit. Usually the road, te- the home team gets... I mean, the road team gets off of the court. Oh, okay. Because the, the fans are going to get on, right? So Bill Simmons right. kind of like said, mm, not so much on yeah. that. And, Larry, but, and there's footage of Larry even congratulating Isaiah, I think, at the end of that. Um, yeah, I'm with Mike on that one, rarely. Um, shockingly. It w- it was a dick move. Like, like yeah. even if you want to be phony about it, it's just like, all right, yeah, good game. You still made the effort to appear that you're you're being generous, yeah. g- genuine, instead of just like, I don't care. Just a little, con- out. a little contrition. Fuck you guys, a little contrition is all that's needed, especially from Jordan. He wants to look you in the eye, say, "Hey, fuck you, I beat you." Kiss the ring, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was our. That was the first four episodes. Uh, episode five and episode six, I think this is where we kind of see the unraveling, right? Uh, to a lot of people, episode six was the best episode, in, or five was the best episode. In, I think five is the one where he start, where he does his little breakdown. In episode, was it episode five or was it episode seven? Um, no, I think it is episode seven. It is seven? Uh, okay, no, no, you're right. Five is... Jordan and fucking Pippen going on their revenge tour. Because uh, they're in full-on we hate Jerry Krause mode. And we have the Dream Team. And there's a lot of great things about the Dream Team. They talk about the very big classic uh, 
Dream Team basketball game between uh, Team Jordan and Team Magic. Yeah, and there's footage. Which, yeah, there's footage, which is I've been waiting for that footage for years. Um, this is, uh, but they really want to bring up the fact that uh, Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan came to the came to the Dream Team for one reason, one reason only. And that was to beat the shit out of Tony <laughs> <laughs> Like, they were just like, oh, well, Jerry, well, he really liked that guy, so we we're going to go over there and just, we we're going we're gonna to show him that he couldn't hang with us. And they proceeded to beat the dog shit out of, like, if Tony Kukoc would have been on the Knicks, I would have understood. <laughs> this is a guy who was coming to your team, and they just completed the haze the shit out of it him. It just had... A picture of Kukoc in their room and th- that they're throwing fucking knives at all day, just waiting. And I'm not going to lie to you. I I loved every second of it. No, nah, man, it made sense. <laughs> honestly. Poor Tony. And he comes yeah. back in the gold medal game, drops 16 and 6 assists. And that's, I think, kind of when they get a little bit of respect for him. Like, oh, he could play and he came back. He's tough. And then we thought, at least Scotty says, I don't think you. Oh, no, you do well, hear Jordan yeah, like, say it's... he loves Kukoc. It's yeah. it's the standard story for for Jordan where it's just like you you beat this one guy down and he, and if he fights back in the next game it's just like all right you you kind of have my, my respect yeah Jordan right, won't fine, respect so. you if you don't fight back unless what well, oh yeah yeah and I think that's the thing like that's the reason what I think because I know Jordan came was like very afraid of him coming off as as an asshole <laughs> here's the thing I think he takes sports way too seriously but at the same time. I get where he comes from, and it's not at a place like one of my biggest thing. And we have a podcast, so rest in peace, Kobe. One of my biggest negatives about Kobe was I just didn't think he understood where everyone else was, and I don't get that same feeling from Michael Jordan. Michael thought, "Hey, I'm like Michael knew he was great. He just didn't realize like how big of the gulf it is between his greatness and the next person on the team, and he also was a addicted and this is the same thing kobe had right addicted to i need to be as great as i can Mm -hmm. so michael michael would never like michael couldn't play with Shaq. michael would have killed Shaq. Uh, (laughs) oh god yeah well he would have tried Shaq would have ate him (laughs) yes uh well michael would have gotten charles oakley to kill (laughs) he would have hired someone that's that's what would have actually happened because that would have that would have pissed michael off to like have all that talent and not try Again, we'll talk about it later. Like that's kind of what Michael had against Charles Barkley was like. Hey, you have all this talent, but you don't try. Um, you mean um, Scott Burrell? Because uh, oh, yeah. well, that's a whole different thing with Scott, Scott Burrell. We'll talk about Scott <laughs> Burrell. I, fucking... I feel so bad for Scott Burrell. Oh my god, that shit was. It gave us the best memes. <laughs> Scott Burrell breathes MJ, so I took it personally. <laughs> Oh, Scott Farrell. Um, I'm so sorry for that, man. But yeah, but, uh, back to the yeah, dream I, I just, Yeah, no, I just thought it was like I, the fact that Jordan was going to push and like, as long as you had someone to like, no, I'm not going to take it. I'm going to push back. And Kukoc did that in that gold medal game. He's like, I'm going to push back. And like, we forget, like Tony Kukoc was like, he was Dirk Nowitzki before Dirk Nowitzki. Like, he was a really good player. Um, and I remember being a huge Tony Kukoc fan, like growing up. So like, it, it, I felt like it was almost like my Nostalgia was given like uh like actual like purpose because it's like no yeah Tony Kukoc is really really good yeah oh, like, does it, like he came he grew up in Croatia like during that um war torn time frame in that country and that characterized him as having a far more sympathetic background so him being good on top of that on top of being like I don't know the fourth or fifth best Bulls player on that team when he joined? Like, that's nuts. Like, like anywhere else, it could be, like, like at least number two or one. I think Tony on that 97-98 team is has an argument for being the third best player in front of Robin, yeah. behind Scotty and Mike, because his yeah. combination of shooting and playmaking, he was the only other dude um, when the chips were down who could get shots. Um, one of the games in that finals against Utah, he's like 11 of 13. Uh, yeah. He doesn't get the final shot because Mike stole it from him. They called the play for Tony and Mike ran in front of it and missed to go to the next game. But Ku coach was the only other dude who could score uh, when Pippen was hurt. And um, besides Mike. So that's why I think right. he's 
a little bit more. He was probably the third best player. And yeah, he came over. He's a, he's a, he was a, uh, the rookie of the year, or it was on all rookie, and he was a sixth man in 95, 96. He would start, he would come off the bench, he would play 30 minutes in any case. Yeah, I think if you put it, if you had put him on any team in the NBA that year, that team becomes a, a markedly better team. Like, I'm thinking like that Suns team, right? With Dan Marley, um, you know, uh, 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 Barkley. Like, you put him on that Suns team as a stretch, like as a stretch four or even a big three, like because you have you know Barkley. I don't know how the Bulls beat them. Yeah, because <laughs> you you would have had nothing. You would have had nothing for Tony Cooper. Or you would have just like you just been they'd have just been spread too thin. Uh, like he's he's yeah. just one of those um, one of those great like um, like gap fillers. Like if you need him to you need somebody to space the floor or to create some offense or even be a decoy, you could do any of that. Yep. Um, 